play at Novabet. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Irish Angle on Jump to It, uh, sponsored by Navibet. Now, as usual, I've got Emma Nagel and Johnny Ward here, and we're going to look back at all the things that happened over the weekend and lots of lots of things to talk about. So before we start, the first thing, Emma, I just want to say congratulations on the new form scan show you started last Friday. You're uh, going to have a different guest each week looking at the weekend's racing. You're uh, Gavin Lynch on last week. He's picked quite a few winners between you. Uh, it went well. You're looking forward to the whole series. Yeah, it was good now. Uh, it was great to get Gavin on for the first show. Um, tipped plenty of winners as well. I think he tipped three winners on Sunday and my nap for the week came in as well. So happy enough with that. Um, and of course, gentleman's game. I think we both kind of, we, we didn't really fancy him to beat Brave Man's game, but I think he was 11 to 8 to, to finish in the first two, which was a great bet is what I thought. So yeah, I think Stephen Harris is on this Friday now. So looking forward to, to the next one. Yeah, Stephen's from Betting Expert, has done lots of stuff with us before, because uh, Betting Expert is part of the same group that irishracing.com is in, uh, owned by Better Collective. So that's why Stephen will be part of it now next week, and he's, he's a very good tipster. He knows his English racing inside and out. So that'll be fun. Uh, right, we'll move on. First one, Johnny, Breeders' Cup. I presume you watched it over the weekend. Some great entertainment and a bit of controversy as well. Yeah, I think you're probably almost understating both points there. I, I thought it really showed um, a sporting crisis in one level at its best in another. You know, the just the, the, Frankie Dettori, as much as we've spoken about this kind of um, elongated retirement that he's put off, I mean, just when you see him and Ryan Moore riding a finish and really, really good horses, and then you see Ryan Moore we, winning on a Gus Rodan, and like just on the Saturday alone, um, you know, the master of the seas and the mauge race was absolutely brilliant to watch inspiral nailing warm heart from a slightly messy position almost getting frankie out of a little bit of trouble was amazing to watch august rodan um i have to say when i got into racing um i wasn't aware of the breeders cup and when it when i when i first watched it for the first time and rocket gibraltar ran and i remember it was the only time i think ever back rocket gibraltar was when he was beaten and when his stable mate broke down before him and i also remember um high chaparral and um all those good horses were run at that time and there's still something a bit magical about it especially when you see the european horses come over and have to adjust to what's really really um a difficult difficult track in this instance in santa anita and i i thought the the whole thing of a saturday night or a friday night where you have this amazing racing and you know people can watch it in the bars or watch it at home and have a few beers or just watch it in in the company of friends and make a party of it it's, it has so much going for it but the the backdrop of the, the the horses being scratched for me really really was like um almost like changes to the grand national kind of on steroids where um and and i use that pun um very very uh sheepishly i suppose but the the fact that they've scratched horses on the premise of lameness of um basically lameness that some vets maybe a couple of vets said was lame and where, where a load of other connections said this horse is clearly not lame wasn't lame all week and i think now in the states they're petrified by the crisis that the sport faces because of falling interest and fatalities and they they made a stance that we're going to take every opportunity at the Breeders' Cup that this does simply not happen. But for a flat meeting to be marred by all these horses scratched who've gone over there um, from, you know, 3,000, 4,000 miles away, whatever it is, and some horses are the representing connections who have one runner and um, shape of, you know, give me the beat, boys. 
I, I just thought it was absolutely bizarre. And Aidan O'Brien was, um, you have to remember as well, Aidan O'Brien trained George Washington, whose death at the Breeders' Cup was, was one of the most horrible moments I've witnessed in racing. I, I love that horse. And I think the you know they, they made a gamble that time and run them on dirt and it it, pay, it didn't pay off at all. But I think I mean you'd have to think Aidan O'Brien and um, would be very wary of risking horses um, in the Breeders' Cup now, given his own kind of history of it. And um, I, I wasn't surprised at Jessica Harrington's comments. Like I'm not a vet and I'm I'm really conscious. I think in general human beings have. Not done well at all by animals in the last 150 years or whatever it is. I, I think, you know, animal rights groups have absolutely every right to question where we're going. And racing really needs to be mindful of that. But this was just so extreme. I, I, I was gobsmacked by it, to be honest. Well, a few things just from my side before we get into it. One is, was there an element, do you think, either of you, that there was a bias in any of this? Or was this just straightforward vets doing their job, seeing what they saw, whether they're right or wrong is the, is the question, I suppose. And then the other thing is, I suppose, with it is, I don't know who the vets were that, that work on behalf of the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita, but you'd imagine that Aidan O'Brien probably has some of the best vets in the world working for him. So if they say the horse is not lame, he'd be more inclined to believe them, I'd imagine. Emma, what did you take on it? Obviously, there was an issue with the place that they, where they were checking the horses running up um, on rubber mats with gaps in them and all sorts of things. That wouldn't be standard, would it, to, to see if your horse is in, in a good shape or not? No, I mean, geez, I was I was shocked by it, by it, to be honest. Um, like you, you, you kind of heard the the news, the scratchings on social media or whatever, kind of sitting down to watch it, and then they interviewed Jessie first, I think. And like, in fairness to Jessie, like she was incredibly dignified. Now she spoke strongly um, that she disagreed with the vet's decisions, but I don't think I would have stayed as dignified as she was if if I was in the same situation after going all the way to America with one horse and seeing the state of the place they were trotting the horse up on like it was basically just a bit of sand with a few over mats thrown big gaps between the mats I mean I saw the video of the horse trotting and like it wasn't a great video or anything but I mean it's hard to really see what was wrong with the horse there and like like you mentioned like Jessica Harrington and Aidan O'Brien aren't going to be running lame horses at the Breeders' Cup like Aidan O'Brien will be traveling some of the best vets in the world around with his horses what do you say when you go to Rome you don't argue with the Pope but I, I'm not I'm not too sure to be honest um like when you I think I think the the problem Jessie's I think they were saying it was she did I don't think they actually explained to her where they thought the horse was lame or was it behind I'm not sure but she didn't agree that it what that there was, there was anything wrong I think with Aidan's um River Tiber then that I think in his interview he was saying that there was a vet checking him all week and everything was going fine of the standard vet checks and then on the day of the race I think it was a different vet that looked at him for some reason saying that he was slightly stiff like which is an incredibly subjective kind of thing to say especially if you hadn't seen the horse moving an awful lot I mean like they are athletes like if you if you look at Mo Salah or Cristiano Ronaldo getting out of bed in the morning they probably will be a little bit stiff as well <laughs> it's just give him give him a bit of a chance to warm up and they'll probably be fine um I thought it was incredible. Look, it was, it was, a, um, I didn't really take too much away from the weekend, I suppose. Like it was, I really did enjoy watching it, but um, you feel so sorry for, for Jesse, I suppose, especially when she's only had the one horse going over. Very hard for the connections. Um, but like looking at the kind of good moments of it, I suppose, like it didn't matter too much that River Tiber was taken out because unquestionable Mountain Bear, the one, two, what a ride by Ryan again, and he did it again on Augusta Road. And then I actually saw um, just there now that he he's after being buy, fined twenty thousand uh, dollars for overuse of the whip. Um, I, I thought he maybe he went once or twice too much, right? But um, I think you know in a race like that you don't really mind it too much. Um, 
Yeah, but he, he was just brilliant, Augusto Roland. Like, I, he's kind of a horse that I've, I had doubts about a couple of times, but I think, you know, he's kind of proven now that he's had one or two blips, but he's when he's right, he's very, very good. Really interesting Aidan's comments as well, even before the race, that how he how well he was moving on the dirt. Um, and apparently the fans are keeping him in training, which, you know, I, I'd be very, very surprised. But, you know, you'd be delighted to see a horse like him coming back. And, you know, if they went back and had to go with the Classic next year, it would be magic. Yeah, the classic is one that, that just when you see how well the Europeans did and the international runners, obviously there was a Japanese horse, trained horse, finished second in the classic. Aiden's had a few goes in the past. It's obviously um, gone pear-shaped on him each time. He's never got even close. You, you just wonder with this, there must be an opportunity because it looks like the European horses are potentially a, a step or two ahead of the Americans at this stage. So why not take them on in their own game, in their own backyard, in the classic? What do you think, Johnny? Can we see an Irish train winner of the classic in the near future? I, I don't I don't think it's going to be Augusto Rodin, to be honest. Like I think that you know, if you look at Augusto Rodin, Augusto Rodin was um out of rhododendron who basically put in some fairly abject ones in her career and sort of ended up a bit tailing off in her, in her career. And I think they're really keen to show that this horse is quite robust, that he's not gonna um sort of like if you look at Rhododendron, her career, she won what five races, but her last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven runs were like poor to very poor in many instances and her form sort of tailed off. And I think this horse is by deep impact. That's not a pedigree for dirt. Like you basically, if you want a dirt horse, you want an American pedigree. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not an expert on this, but like generally you prove that like, you know, they brought in horses from the States, like the likes of Warfront as stallions or whatever horses that were bred for dirt. And that's one thing, but there's, I, I, I don't see anything in this, in this horse's pedigree. And also dirt is in a, is in a fairly questionable position in terms of it's, it's, um, the safety of it globally at this stage i think there are, there's a lot of resentment towards it in this at this in at this time in europe um because i'm not really sure how safe the dirt tracks are and for me i think a ghost road down now it'd be great if he stayed in training for racing um i think he's going to be a really really catchy stallion anyway because of his pedigree and how good he is on his day but like his price will have to have the caveat in that he wasn't totally reliable for whatever reason he absolutely bombed twice this year on his day he's an exceptionally globally good racehorse but I, I can't see him going on dirt, to be honest. Not with that pedigree. Like, maybe if you were by a proper American stallion, maybe even by Justify, uh, possibly. I, I don't see it with deep impact on the road to Denver. Just yeah. a comment on your, your 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 point on the bias as well. I'm not sure what he thought about Cody's wish in the dirt, but I thought he should have been thrown out, to be honest. He was leaning all over the, the second horse. So you, you'd imagine um, maybe that would make you question the American officials a bit more. <laughs> Again, I suppose it's such a good story. They didn't want to take it away. But yeah, it is a sport, Finney, that it's like you, you can't understate the peril that American racing is in at the moment. Like the, the, the deaths, in fairness, like I, I think British racing is, is, is absolutely completely at a stupid kind of level of fear when it comes to animal rights uh, groups. So I, I honestly think that the changes to the Grand National won't matter a jot to animal rights groups. That's my opinion. In American racing, we have we have a, a serious uh, fatality rate uh, with, with from coming from top yards. So I, I do fear that they, they the, the sport itself is probably suffering from a massive, massive crisis of confidence. So these things just don't surprise me at the moment. Yeah. Okay, look, we move on from the Breeders' Cup. We've loads more to get through here. Um, the Irish flat season ended at the Curragh on Sunday. Uh, we had Colin Keane, champion fifth time, Billy Lee second again in that, Jamie Powell, son of the late Anthony Powell, um, won the apprentice title, and Aidan O'Brien trained his or had his um, 26th trainer's title, which is just astonishing. 
Uh, First thing to note here is obviously um, Colin Keane's a very good rider, fifth-time champion, but you'd like to think our champion would be more than a domestic champion. You'd think he'd be riding in the Breeders' Cup and those sort of meetings as well, but it's it's kind of turned in the last 10, 15 years. There was a time when we had the Johnny Murtas were all over the world and Mick Canans and everything else, but now now it's more of a domestic thing, isn't it? Considering as well that Aidan O'Brien, he's 26 times champion trainer, yet he doesn't supply the champion jockey because Ryan Moore is his main rider and he's riding globally for them, particularly in the UK, but all around the world, basically. What do you make of that, Emma? Is, is Colin Keane as good as a Ryan Moore? Just even in the in the sense that should he be getting more opportunities, it's a fair achievement from him because he's 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 connected to the Jer Line stable, obviously, and Jer didn't have his greatest year ever, yet Colin can still come back and win a title. He rides he rides for Aiden as well here on occasion and winners for him too and for lots of other yards. What do you make of that? It's, I suppose it's kind of a tough one. Like I've no doubt Colin could do it on the big stage, but like when you when you just kind of look at like for the Readers' Cup now, for example, like how many how many Irish stables had runners with actual realistic chances? I suppose like there's only three or four even went over. I think um and, you know Colin's not attached to any of those. Um like I think you kind of have to be you have to be attached to Valley Doyle or maybe even Jessica Harrington to be riding the kind of classic key kind of horses really. Like don't you um. And like he was saying, it's 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 a fair achievement for Colin to to win the to win the championship so handily when Jura hasn't been like flying as much as he would like to have all year. Um, like you, you'd imagine Aidan O'Brien winning the trainers easily so year every year that uh, his jockey would win it. But I think it's the the stats are quite interesting that the winners are split nearly totally evenly between Ryan Moore and Jamie Heffernan. I think Ryan Moore won fifty two races and Jamie Heffernan won forty six. So you'd imagine it, you know, if he had the the jockey, the one jockey concentrating here the whole time, uh, he probably would have the champion jockey as well. Um, but you look, it's a, it's a fair achievement for Colin, and I think Jamie Powell as well. It's um, one that everyone enjoyed seeing that, like he's been a real kind of emerging talent all the way through the year. He had a lovely interview with um, Fran and Kevin O'Ryan and on Doc, and they actually delayed the race they were talking for so long. So um, yeah, no, it was it was it was a good end to the flat season. Um, Colin, I think I think I think Colin can do it on the big stage. It's just you know, he doesn't have the horses to do it, unfortunately. Yeah, the opportunities haven't arisen. And the other thing is, then Jamie Powell, like reading about him, first of all, his his father was a great character and uh, died tragically at a very young age as well in the car accident. But Jamie, he didn't ride a horse till he was sixteen or seventeen. Then he went to the race apprentice center, and all of a sudden, he hasn't looked back. Um, we've we've discussed this in previous episodes about the Race Apprentice Centre and where it is at the minute, um, which is an awful pity to see the, the, the way it's gone downhill over the last few last couple of years, particularly. But in the last year, um, it's had a, a crisis of of conscience about what it, what it's doing and trying to change what it's going to do going forward. What do you make of that, Johnny? Um, just Jamie Powell, how good is he? Can he be a champion in future years? Yeah, like I, I remember talking to a senior jockey at one point this year and I asked him for the best apprentice and Jamie wasn't his answer. And I was a bit surprised at that because um, at that time, Jamie was um, he was doing well. Now, I don't think he was like running away with the apprentice title at the time, but um, I was surprised. And I, I looked more into Jamie and I started talking to him at the race bits after interviews and um I really couldn't see any negative in him, um, but I'm not a jockey, so I think it'll be interesting to see how he develops from this. And yeah. he's he's so likely raced as a jockey, as you say, Vinny. Like he, he, I think he rode horses early in his life, then sort of just stopped, and then he he kind of had a go again, and he he decided he was good at it. I think he's absolutely outstanding, as you mentioned. His his profile is very interesting. Like psychologically, losing your 
like basically not having your dad in your life um, at, a, at any real, real stage. He died when he was so young, he was a baby. Um, must have been really, really, must have been very tough and put so much um, emphasis on the rearing that his mother gave him. Jamie's developing. I think he talks really well after races as well. Like he's, he, um, I said to Matt Dundalk the other day, like what you put it down to, and he just said the, you know, the, the help I'm getting from other people, the rise that I'm getting. Um, I, I, I thought he looked very polished at an early age and, now that the key for him will be to kind of keep his head grounded because he's won he won the title relatively comfortably. He also won it at a time, and I think like I think this is an outstanding bunch of of, of apprentices. I really do, and nobody has said much else to me anyway. And people that you know the jockeys that would be following these and the trainers would be following them. Um, I think Jamie's could be on the cusp sooner or later of getting a really really good job. The problem is it's like you know hyping up horses like Sam Crow and all these horses down the years. You have to kind of couch it in the realization that most apprentices don't quite uh, reach the level you think. Just as for Colin Keane, like Colin's earnings this season were way uh, south of Brian Moore, as you'd expect in yeah. Ireland. Also comfortably south of Billy Lee. So as much as Colin's earnings, he's still a very wealthy man. Um, I do wonder, like nights like the Breeders' Cup, can Colin quite reach? his proper potential when he's not riding in races like this and I, I think like Colin has been given so much help by Ger Lines and like he dates Kerry like he's a really close part of that family and like he's a brilliant rider and Ger and Shane would say that they've had transitional seasons but it's an interesting one for Colin because it's not that long ago he's kind of linked with going to Ballydoyle and all of that and Ger has been very good as well like he, he rode almost half as much for Noel Mead I think this season as he did for Ger um, so Colin's very like he's such a, he's such a nice fella and he's so um he's such so well brought up by his dad. I, I don't know how much he'd ever get into this if you ask him, but I, I do wonder what he's kind of where he's thinking now because I, I think champion championships are great, but after a while you want to really be riding in the top races all the time, and that's how good he is. But he isn't he isn't there at the moment because he just doesn't quite have the horse. Yeah. Does he need a bit more of a killer instinct, a Lester Piggott version of it, where he's jocking fellas off left, right, and center to get on the big rides, you know. Like, do you need to be on the phone here trying to get yourself these rides and these races, or does it just happen organically? It's hard to know, isn't it? But he was on, he was uh, on Westover, which I like the Westover thing. I, I felt was a little bit harsh even at the time, but he, you know, he dealt with that quite well. Whether I'm not sure he has that, but you don't want to be an asshole either. Like, and then Colin isn't an asshole, so I, I suppose I, I know what you're getting at, but yeah, I think but he, just sometimes you maybe you do need to be an asshole. That's the whole hmm. point, isn't it? That the you know they're the ones who get to the top in the end. They'll they'll you know they kill their own mother to get to, to get the winning ride in a in a classic you need a bit of luck as well Vinny yeah. though like I don't think Ryan Moore is I don't think Ryan Moore is that type of guy I think he's 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 developed mm -hmm. because he's just that good um so you probably need a bit of luck but Colin is at the stage where Ryan Moore has gone from it wasn't that long ago some people were saying is Ryan Moore not riding as well as he used to now he's basically deemed if not the best jockeys up there with Frankie's riding sensationally well but you, you do need an opportunity to come along as well and maybe Jer will get that that caliber of horse but it's very very tough because Colin he's he's exceptionally fortunate but I do think he needs to ride in more good races yeah there's a huge amount of luck I suppose in, in being a jockey in the first place obviously staying clear of injury and all the rest but just even other people's injuries can be the thing that the catalyst for you moving forward at times and everything else so I suppose there's a huge amount of luck and um, but having said that He's extremely dependable and he's a great man on board when you've got a short one in Ireland. You, you've no problem backing it if you know Colin Keane is on it. Um, anyway, look, let's move on to last weekend as well. We had loads of other racing last weekend. We had some big jumps action, the first real big jumps action in the UK in Wetherby. Um, and we had a big win, obviously, gentlemen's game. Winning for Mouse Morris against Brave Man's game. Nearly identical names, the two horses. But that, that was a, a thrilling finish to that race, Emma. What did you make of that? 
Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, for Daryl O'Keefe, like what a weekend he yeah. had. The big, the big one on Saturday, and then he had Dublin Cork yesterday as well. Like I think if Dara went to England, he'd probably be champion jockey. Like he's just like the standard of jump jockeys here. Um, like he's when you think of him, like you mightn't even rank him like in the first three maybe in Ireland, but I think he's like massively underrated. I suppose he's young as well. He's he's coming through, but um. I think there's kind of a few different ways you can look at the race. I suppose um, Brave Man's game probably like he obviously wasn't totally wound up for the race. Um, you know they were they were kind of questioning whether whether they'd won or not. Uh, and like you're kind of watching the ride and people are kind of saying why didn't Cobden kick on? But to be honest, I thought he was kind of holding on to nothing. Uh, Dara kept on squeezing away. And like in fairness to Mouse Morris, like what a training performance! This horse third start over fences. Obviously a horse who had so many different problems. Um, it was great seeing. I think the the cheapest thing in life is patience and patience paid off for, for mouse and this fella and i think he actually has a real gold cup contender here now like he's probably he's not as flashy a kind of horse as a brave man's game or a galloping day champ like he's just a real stare but stairs stairs win gold cups too and probably a national horse as well like he, he just jumps for fun and yeah it was it was it was great to see it now um and it would be great to see him back it up as well like he he obviously had the bit of the bit of fitness on edge over brave man's game but you know, there's nothing wrong with the performance at all. Like he, he, he will have to improve an awful lot for it as well. Like just having so little experience over fences. So another really exciting one for the Gold Cup this year, I think. Well, Johnny, what do you make of that gentleman's game? Is he a Gold Cup contender? I think he is really like a, a uh, if if Mouse Morris were to train a horse for the day at Cheltenham, um, which is exactly what he's going to do. As Emma said, this horse hasn't had many races. He was very, very good. Um, sort of earlier on uh, in his chasing career. I was very taken with him on his chase debut. He beat some good horses that day. And uh, I, I think he jumps and stays. And I, I like you, you could say, okay, gentlemen, gentlemen's game is going to come on from the run. He traveled really well. But um, this fella is very likely raced. He's trained by a man who certainly knows how to train Gold Cup winners, to train good horses. And uh, I think he's a contender. I, I thought the... Uh, the video focusing on Paul Nichols was quite amusing as well. And it was it was just a great Saturday, I felt like. The Breeders' Cup follow, but to see good jumps racing like that, I know it was a small field, but I suppose that's why we're all there. And um, I'd love to see him out of a contender. I, I You know, I, I think that we need... Uh, we need we need these characters to have good horses in 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 Ireland, and you even see now um, Jigginstown moving more horses over to Gordon, and it's almost getting more concentrated at the top. Um, I, I'd love to see Mouse a contender. I actually do think he has a contender. I don't think he's the worst odds in the world either, at about twenty twenty five to one. Very good. And what about now, Cork National? That was another thing from the weekend. You were down there in Cork, Johnny, were you? Yeah, I was down there. Like it was a it was a strange race ratings wise because um it was a not to one fifty and I think only one horse was rated above one hundred and thirty four. So it was a glorified sort of run of the mill handicap. Um, I I do wonder at this stage. I mean, there's nearly a national for every day of the week, Vinny. Like you've a you've a, um, an Ulster national, a Connacht national, a Mayo national, um, a Midlands national, uh, you know, a Kerry national, Leinster um, as well, isn't it? Leinster yeah. nationals. <laughs> You have all these nationals. Like I, I have to say, I thought the, I thought the Munster National as much as I, I, I mean, I was involved in a horse. And it's great having a horse that's able to run in those races. I thought the Munster National was very underwhelming, um, and I think it made no real con- imprint on the public consciousness apart from Ricky Doyle winning it with Gordon Elliott having so many runners, and it was so poorly supported on the day. Um, the Cork National was a bit was a bit different because again, it wasn't an inspiring race. I mean, I thought as a betting medium, it was a horrible race. 
there was a nice horse of um you know written by Michael O'Sullivan for Barry Connell at the bottom. He ran very well, and he was sort of you could see why he was backed. But the winner then, like Sir Bob, at his age and of the profile of that horse to win the race on one level, you were kind of wondering like what, what's the relevance of this race going forward? But then at the other level, I think Robert Tyner and Mary, like they've been such kind of um they've been they've been so long on the scene. Um, in racing, they know the ups and downs of racing. They've had absolute tragedy with Jack passing away, and it was, you know, Robert was saying like not that long ago he was basically more or less pulling out, but instead he's kind of winding down. I think he's down to maybe a third of the numbers he had, but uh, I, I think this, the, the, I think that this kind of saved the race to an extent because you did have a real cork finish at Michael O'Sullivan against the Tyners, and um, I think the Tyners winning this race. Robert said it was his first time winning it. I think that that was kind of poignant and kind of special for him. And he was he was just in great form after race. I think it really did mean a lot to him. The other thing, of course, is at least the Cork National is over an extreme distance, three and a half miles. A lot of those other ones are over three miles and less, which is just crazy to be calling them nationals, I think. Anyway, down there, we had another big performance, I thought. Gavin Cromwell, let's be clear about it. What did you make of that, Emma? Yeah, he was good now. To be honest, I wasn't overly convinced in him going into the race. Um not this, but he, I think he was quite a good bumper horse. I think, but he had he had injury problems then. Gavin tipped him up from the shore, right? Um, I kind of fancied Mighty Tom for Keen Collins, he ran well as well in second place, but um, no, he was good now. Like, Gavin's having some run of form recently. Um, but yeah, he's he's really hitting a proper patch. Probably, I think the most impressive performance for Solitary Man. I think I just, I don't know, I, I really love this horse. Um, he's a real kind of staying chaser in, in waiting. Um, thought he was a good price as well but it was it was kind of a good day for punters plenty of favorites went in and like johnny was saying like uh so there's something about matter race course like when when the likes of robert tyner or you know darrell keith or shane fitzgerald are having winners there the crowd really gets behind them and it's, it's kind of it gives a good buzz around the place and i think the, the difference with the cork national like you were saying it is kind of an extreme test three mile four and if you go kind of look through the winners, it's not like a race that's dominated too much by the by the Gordon Elliott's, the Giggins Towns. I was kind of surprised with the entries in it. Like you'd normally expect a kind of a massive entry in a race like that. Um, I think there was only 18 entered and I think the two the two on the ballot got into the race as well. So I'm not sure why that is, but um, like it was great to see the Tyners getting the winner, like a, lo- a local winner and Dara getting two winners in the day. So yeah, it was, it was a great day. That, that's true as well, Vinny. The, the Dara O'Keefe, uh, the reception he got for Solitary Man now for me, you could like this is another thing that I'm I I sound like I'm a broken record here, but we, we've lost this atmosphere of racetracks, both in the stand and when horses come in. And like you you'll have horses win big races and there's barely anyone there to applaud, not to mind applaud. And when Dara came in yesterday, you could actually really see that the crowd, it did mean something to them. What Emma's saying about local um local people and that actually we shouldn't we really should be afraid of losing that because I it meant a lot to Dara at the weekend that he had as well. Okay, well, look, we'll move on. Um, Melbourne Cup is on Tuesday morning, four o'clock in the morning. Three Irish contenders. What do you think, Emma? Will we see an Irish winner? I hope so, yeah. Um, obviously, Willie has two that are pretty fancied. Joseph's is a lot bigger odds, but you wouldn't doubt Joseph doing it the record he has down there. Um, 30 years ago, I think, since the first ever international winner of Vintage Crop and Dormit Wells. So, I think Willie's been trying plenty to do it. Uh, he actually had a great story at his media morning there a couple of weeks ago. I think the man who kind of started the Melbourne Cup was only down the road from Willie's in Carlo. So I think that's probably why he's maybe kind of helps his big fascination with winning the race. Um, but yeah, it's definitely his best chance so far. Like I think Vauban, you know, it's probably been his long-term target for a long, long time. 
and you can, I don't think you can rule out absurd either. Like he's got featherweight, um, really impressive running the Ebor. Zach Purton's booked to ride him. I think he rode Max Dynamite for Willie a couple of years ago to finish a close up third. So, you know, he's got he's got really two really really strong um, contenders. And yeah, I suppose the the expectations more so on Vauban, but I think they both have a real a real good chance. What do you think, Johnny? Just a glorified handicap, is it? It is a handicap, but it's a very much glorified one anyway. The race that stops a nation. To keep a few yeah. Irish up at four in the morning, I'd imagine, on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like the line about Patrick saying before we went all the way around the world and we were beaten by um a lad down the road. Um and you could see that like Joseph O'Brien win it with a three year old and Aiden's targeting of the race and all of that. Like I think um it's uh it's it's kind of Vauban's race to lose, I'd say, really, with the target that he's had. I do remember his performance of Roy Lascott. I was really I couldn't believe how he like I backed Absurd that day and I couldn't believe how much superior he was to him. And I, I do actually think Absurd has a chance in this, but I think for all that Willie has achieved, this will mean an awful lot to him if he can do. And you know, you'd I'd have to point to Dermot Well as well. I think he made this possible for Irish trainers and shown that it could be done. Um he doesn't have a horse of that ilk nowadays, but it's become really fashionable for Irish trainers. And uh, I, 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 I firmly think Boban has the class to deal with this um, and it will be pretty cool if he can. And Ryan Moore in the saddle as well after his big weekend in the Breeders' Cup too. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, we've also got a big weekend this weekend in Down Royal as well. Don't forget that now, the rescheduled meeting Friday, Saturday. That should be fun too. Lots of good horses coming out. But let's move on. Last thing is a horse to follow from last weekend or last week. Emma, go to you first. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for one from Cork. Look, it's probably not the most obvious one. And you might watch the race back and think, what the hell is she talking about? But Brave Fortune, um, who ran behind Solitary Man, I just think uh, he he ran in the big Landover bumper last year. He ran well now. He was very green, um, had a bit of trouble in running as well. I think he was seventh. And then he went and won a point-to-point by any 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 distance you want. I think the first four-year-old maiden of this year in Castletown Gagan. I just thought it was eye-catching that Pat Doyle even entered him to run in the listed hurdle in Mallow. You know, first start, start over hurdles after just after winning a point-to-point, a four-year-old, not getting a whole pile of weight from very experienced horses who were kind of rated in their mid-130s. Um, and I thought he ran a lovely race. He was just kind of eased into it, I suppose, and didn't disgrace himself whatsoever. Like, I think if he reverts back to Maiden Hurdle Company, he'd be a fair certainty. Very good. Yeah. Johnny? I, I spoke to Pat Doyle before that race. I thought he was very, very interesting that he ran him in it. And uh, yeah, he does like that horse. That's a fair shout. I'm going, I'm going to be actually more obvious. I thought, uh, like you, Vinny, I, I thought Let's Be Clear about it was brilliant. I mean, just the way he put the race to bed when Mighty Tom loomed up sides at second last. And like, he'd been taken on up front sort of by a horse in the race that ended up really tired. So I don't think there was a major pace bias. And he just looked brilliant. He, he jumped so well. Um, he looked like he'd more left. Um, and, you know, I actually, Gavin gave me a lift uh, half some of the way home, so we had a good old chat, and he's kind of trying to figure where am I going to go with this horse now, because he knows that he there could be good handicap in him as an office, but there could be more to him than that as well, so I think he'll have plenty of options, but for a horse that he thinks stays quite well, he, he showed loads of natural pace, and um, like these were proper, proper good horses he was taking on and demolishing, so I, I think he's essentially a grade one chaser in the making, I think he's going to win a very good race, and let's see how he goes at Fairy House. Yeah, he's talking Drinmore next, isn't he? So we'll have Keith Donahue back on him. He couldn't do the weight. It was only 11 stone down in Cork. His 11-2 seems to be his minimum at the minute, but he's flying as well. So hopefully he'll be back aboard and we'll 
we'll see a fair performance there. Uh, for me, I'm going to pick an odd one. Well, I'm going to pick two horses in the one race, actually. Uh, they ran an ascot on Saturday in a novice hurdle. One of them is called Tell Her the Name, and the other one is called Django Bai. Django Bai won at Nicky Henderson's ex-Irish point-to-pointer. They paid 170k for that after it finished second in an Irish point to point. And the other one is Ben Pauling. Tell her the name. I actually really like this one. Uh, cost 200k after winning in Boris House back in March, I think. Um, both four year olds think they're both very promising. Two to look forward to. I hope that they'll both win again anyway. Or, well, uh, tell her the name has to win for the first time. So it's a certainty to win a novice or a maiden hurdle sometime soon. Well, look, that's it. Thanks for watching. And we'll be back again next week when we dissect all that happened in down royal and whatever else goes on during the week uh thanks for joining me guys and thanks for everyone for watching and we'll see you all again next week bye for now